everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast reanalyzed the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 36. We are th- over a ha- like significantly over a half hour into this movie now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have minute 36 beginning with one of the X-Files, the one who did not... I think it was the one who didn't just talk about the Milky Way. The, the superhighway, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the super hi- information superhighway or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the information superhighway. I don't remember what the, the line was. The interplanetary superhighway. Yes, that. Information In superhighway. Interplanetic, maybe. Yes. I'm going to just look at the script. Um, um Superhighway of UFO activity. There it is. There it is. So the one who didn't just say that says, I wonder how William's doing at the party. Yeah. And I have minute 36 going through the white guy jock pulling the black guy jock over to Mike. Right. One and two. One and two. I will. I'm just going to say right now, I've said it before, but like last time I'm going to say it probably, I will never remember which jock homeboy and x-file goes with which number i know which jock especially now because i just edited and listened to the episode where i lay it out um and they're different they're different races so it's easy (laughs) to tell them apart yeah which which white kid that that pretends to be a rapper and which white kid that is a nerd i don't know yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah Yeah, it's um I do apologize that I will be identifying them by probably what they look like. But, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if one was blonde and one was a redhead, then I'd say blonde one and redheaded one. Right, but, exactly. you know, white guy and black guy are, right. are an easy way of identifying two people right. Right. who sure. one is white and one is black. And they right. are, for all intents and purposes, the same person otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah. 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 So one of the X-Files says, I think it's the the other one, the dark haired one, says, I hope in reference to how William's doing at the party, I hope he's not having any trouble blending in. Well, real real quick. uh, So the curly dark haired one has just said that big thing about the aliens and we cut the minute. And then this minute starts with the other one being like, he doesn't say anything but the the subtext is I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> I wonder how William's doing. Like if I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> it could also be taken as speaking of aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. I like that too. I like that too. <laughs> speaking of people who try to convince you that they totally fit in. <laughs> I wonder how William's doing at the party. When we cut to William in what what I I would say is probably the most classic five seconds of this movie like the most referenced wizard pictured five seconds of this movie oh is it whenever i try and do a a gif of of can hardly wait um this is the one that i own that i get results for this and uh damn uh why you gotta make me waste my flavor interesting i don't know that i have ever done a wizard picture search for can't hardly wait but i would have thought that it would have been just like a page and a half of Kenny before we got to this moment. But that it's, might just be my own brain mostly remembering Kenny moments from this movie. 
it's it's pretty evenly split between this moment and the moment where he yells at his at his friends just you know two or three minutes before this damn why y'all gotta waste my flavor <laughs> yeah that, no i'm sorry it's why y'all form. gotta waste my flavor damn <laughs> damn comes after it it is important it flows right. better when damn comes mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. i really kind of want to say damn before and after but right. that would be redundant that would be silly Nah, that would nah, that would be silly. silly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that'll never work. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Would you say that William is having any trouble blending in? Nope. I would not say that. <laughs> how not say how that. would you say William is doing at this party, James? Well, he has a sudden realization that he can't feel his legs. Which must mean... He has no legs! Yay! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I thought for sure that I wasn't going to be able to find what the song is that plays literally just for the moment of, I can't feel my legs, I have no legs. Uh, but it turns out I could. Oh. So just really quick, there's not a lot about it because it wasn't a single or anything. This is the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Really? With a song called Ghost Radio from the album Guitar Slinger, which was the album before the Dirty Boogie, which was the album in 1998 that had Jump Jive and Whale and put Brian Setzer Orchestra on the on the map. Got it. Okay. The Dirty Boogie came out 12 days after Can't Hardly Wait came out. So oh. like, <laughs> and the only other thing about Ghost Radio is that it was co-written with Joe Strummer of the Clash, um, the lead singer of the uh, one of the lead singers of the Clash. Uh, which usually means that, like, there's a sample going on. Like, if, if there's someone that you're like, why was he working with him? It often means that one of them is sampling the other or, like, okay. interpolating or whatever. But I could find, I listened to it. There's no trace of, like, a Clash quote or anything that I could recognize. So I think it's just Brian Setzer sat down with Joe Strummer and wrote this song. So... Okay, well... And it just it just occurred to me now that Brian Setzer was already sort of on his... At the beginning... Well, he didn't realize... Maybe he did realize this, but, like, he was just about to have his second career in the Brian Setzer Orchestra because he'd been in the Stray Cats in the 80s. So maybe that's why he sort of had the cachet to work with Joe Strummer. Okay, that makes so sense. So that, that makes a little more sense, yeah. And then if, if, if I may, we cut very... Well, I always think of it as a Star Wars cut because the first Star Wars movie has lots of, like, wipes... Just okay. like <laughs> sure. we, we wipe over to um, Jocks 1 and 2 dancing uh, to Funky Cold Medina. May I tell you a little bit about Funky Cold Medina, which I have a lot more to say. Please do. About. So this is by a guy named Tone Loke. Um, people might know him as uh, Ace Ventura's black friend okay. um, in the movie Ace Ventura. I'm pre- pretty sure he's his only black. It's the main black friend with the very deep voice uh, in, in that movie. So it's a hip-hop song written by Young MC, who we've already heard from uh, doing Bust a Move. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Dyke, who is we've talked about, was in both Crossroads and whatever, because he wrote these 90s hip-hop songs. Um, it was the sing- second single from Loke's debut album, Loked After Dark. Uh, it was released on March 18th, 1989, and it went up to number three on the Hot 100. Oh. Um, it peaked at number 13 in the in the UK and was at number 65 on the year-end chart for 1989 for Hot 100. Uh, it was his second biggest hit after Wild Thing, which was from the year before. Okay. According to Flavor Flav, who has heard using the phrase Cold Medina a year earlier on It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, so this is, this is Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. 
Uh, Cold Medina was one of his assertive affirmations throughout the 1980s and was adopted by label mates Beastie Boys as a nickname for the cocktail known as a fuzzy navel. Flav allegedly later advised Tone Loke to use the catchphrase in a song. Okay. After the song became popular, several different cocktails were introduced bearing the name Funky Cold Medina. The song, so now this song tells a story and it is interesting, sort of in a love potion number nine way. And then in sort of an Ace Ventura way, it gets it gets gross. But I just want to sort of give a synopsis of what's going on here. Sure. Um, there is, the song tells the story of Tone Loke's experiences with Funky Cold Medina, a potent aphrodisiac in liquid form. At the beginning of the song, Loke consults a fellow clubgoer who appears to be having more success with women than Loke is. The unnamed stranger informs Loke that his success is, is the result of his use of the funky cold Medina, which makes anyone who drinks it irresistible to others, although this is later contradicted by lyrics that suggest it makes those who drink it find others irresistible. Initially, he, he tests the formula on his dog, who upon drinking it becomes uncharacteristically affectionate towards him and appears to attract the neighborhood dogs to Loke's house. Loke then tries the formula on a potential love interest who unexpectedly turns out to be a cross-dresser. Oh. <sighs> yeah. Okay. His next effort involves him appearing on a dating show and meeting a woman who immediately wants to marry him, which scares Loke away. He has some good stuff going on with his relationships, clearly. Ultimately, Loke concludes the formula is too much trouble and resolves to stop using it. Okay. I have never made the Love Potion number nine connection before, but this is basically exactly Love Potion number nine. Sure. In hip hop form. Sure. It's, hey, you can actually order a Love Potion number nine. It's a fuzzy navel. The Beastie <laughs> Boys just called it something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so uh, that is what that song is about. And uh, just go listen to Love Potion number nine if that doesn't sound. It's a fine song. I mean, like it's it, it works well for the atmosphere here. Um, yeah. Whereas Love Potion number nine would not. Right. <laughs> I, but, I definitely yeah. see. I, I mean, I saw the moment where it went problematic <sighs> in the same way that Ace Ventura went problematic. I was. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's fine if she turns out to be a crossdresser and he's like, oh, OK, well, she she or he is a crossdresser, depending on their on their pronouns. Right. But I have the feeling that that was a verse-ending joke, yeah. Uh, which is which is the the rough part. I will admit, probably not as bad as Ace Ventura, which was baffling in its problematicness and also feels like it was written by a second grader. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the end of Ace Ventura today. I was just like, what? was the writer thinking anyways we don't need to get into ace ventura that we'll save that for ace ventura a minute i'm joking we um, will not <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyways my last note is mike's horrible dance walking up to jocks one and two yeah he sees them and i guess now he thinks he needs to dance over to them and woof i hope he is more graceful on the football field than he is in this four steps that he needs to take. Yes. To Why to he didn't just walk up makes right. no sense. It's not like everybody else in the room was dancing and he was trying to blend in. It's not like Mike Dexter needs to blend in. Everybody else in the room was just kind of standing around as far as I remember. And it was only the two jocks and their girlfriends who were dirty dancing. It sort of feels like maybe he was trying to blend in so that the girlfriends wouldn't notice him. That's like possible. Like act normal or whatever, but he isn't acting normal. He's acting increasingly scared that he is alone in this. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a very weird un Mike moment. Yeah. Well, I think Mike's whole Mikeness is disintegrating before his very eyes. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> in in many moments, he seems to hold it together slightly better than he does during the four steps across the room. Ugh. I mean, but, expertly done by Peter Facinelli. Like, oh, absolutely. Wonderfully awkward. Like. It's it's dip, you have to be very graceful and in control of your body to look that ungraceful and out of control of your body. Like yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but that's basically all I have for this minute. Yeah, the only yeah the only notes I had were William is not having any trouble blending in, and Mike is not happy that the other two jocks are dirty dancing with their girls. Right. So, yeah, it so was a pretty it. it was a pretty light minute. It was a minute that yeah. had a lot of. The actors doing physical things, jumping around, dancing, right. walking across the room, but not much happened. If this was a TV movie, it feels like this would have been, starting with the X-Files, a, a return from a commercial break. Like, yeah. Like, it reestablishes us in the house. Mm-hmm. It, it tells how, how you know, uh, William and Mike are doing, like, where they are in their evenings and yeah. stuff. And actually, it's interesting that they put them together because they're on diverging paths. Like, yes. they're, like, William is on his way up and Mike is on his way down and, and we're going to see them cross paths here in a little bit. So yeah. I think that's a very interesting to put them back to back. That is true. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So... Shall we do social media? Yeah, let's do some social media. Do you want to do it or do you want me to? Sure, I can do it. Okay. We are on Twitter at JE underscore Minute Movies, uh, but individually you can find us on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which you can follow on Twitter at ScavengersNet. And you can go visit the website where I actually just visited it today. Uh, it's still looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, hey, what's up? Um, it wants, <laughs> I just felt very Deborah from Empire Records. <laughs> I visited the website. She says, hey, what's up? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> she wants you to put down the gun. It's at scavengersnetwork.com. Go yes, it is. there. Um, and whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, I, I have discovered that I can't feel my net, my legs. I have no legs, um, which is going to make it a pretty tough time. Uh, getting across the dance floor. I was just going to say, do you think the reason Mike is dancing so awkwardly is because he too has no legs? Oh, that's possible. That's possible. He's having a pretty tough time too. And as you know, time is honeys. Go hot dogs. The Scavengers Network. Creator driven. Community focused. Treasured content.